drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Cassetta. Yay! Yay! And with us we also have Blake Gibson. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Tried to match uh, Andrea's energy there. <laughs> <laughs> Same exact pitch. Sounded just like me, TVH. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are back again. Uh, If you remember last week, we talked at length about Mike Warnke, uh, comedy celebrity for Christ. Oh, I thought that was the one-eyed guy from Monsters, Inc. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mike Wazowski. We were talking about Mike Warnke. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the way that I thrashed my vocal cords on Horror Virgin one week where I was just like, Mike Wazowski, you didn't turn in your paperwork. You didn't summon the devil. Wait. (laughs) Wait. Uh, But I have an update. I have a Mike Warnke update. Oh, whoa. He's actually right outside your house, Armando. (laughs) He lives in that yellow van. He's Um, headlining the comedy store. No, not surprised. Uh, (laughs) Uh, so, uh, Blaine, I'm not sure if you know, I know you've listened to some other cult podcast episodes, not sure if you dug this deep. Some of you may know, uh, that when my parents met, they met in a Christian sketch comedy troupe and then (laughs) continued to perform with that Christian sketch comedy troupe into my childhood, um, with rehearsals at our house and so after the episode came out last week, I got a text from my dad that was like, hey, we fully had Mike Warnke tapes at home. I can't believe you don't remember this. Like wait, as wait. a child. As in they they like had tapes with them working with him or as no, like material comedy, to like watch. Yeah, comedy and- tapes of him. And uh, okay. I was just like, why, dad? Like, it's so bad. And he was just like, Dude, you don't remember, but at the time, Christians were, like, starved for comedy, and that's the whole reason our sketch comedy troupe, like, existed at all. I was um, I was really afraid that you were like, so I had a revelation about my Uncle Mike. <laughs> oh, God. Turns out, uh, no, but he basically was like, yeah, no, but there were no other Christian comics that popular at the time, and so, like, everybody listened. But he said he had never heard the satanic ones. He had only heard a huge section of them where he talks about Vietnam, where like he would do huge, like a bunch of his set about Nam. And my dad was like, yeah, these tapes are from like 1979. And he's like, everyone was talking about it. So it just didn't seem that weird. So to hear that his other stuff was all like Satan based was mind-blowing so apparently none of the tapes we had were those ones which is interesting but there you go 
That would have been a beautiful relic of just like <laughs> I honestly well, so my my dad uh is famous for always picking the wrong technology. Uh I love him to death. So an HD that, discs and not Blu-ray and laser discs get, instead of He DVD. got Blu-ray right. Thank you. Okay. Carburetors are coming back. We had a Betamax <laughs> player for a long time. And he also uh, is probably one of the only people I know that heavily invested in a Sega Dreamcast system. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I forgot that the, yeah, your dad only uses escalators. He hates elevators. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only takes steamboats anytime he travels. We did have a ton of laser discs, too, <laughs> like laying around the house. Laser discs yeah. is the, the only one that I'm mad didn't win because of how fucking cool it sounds. Dude, it does that. sound super cool. I have like four laser discs, including Neverending Story and Indiana Jones, uh, Rears of the oh. Lost Ark, and they're cool. Like, they're album yeah. you know like full-on huge but metal frisbees oh, yes sick. metal frisbees <laughs> one of the ones if i remember correctly so my dad really liked showing me like sci-fi movies and stuff as a kid and one of the ones that he had on laser disc that he had to then go buy on vhs so he could show it to me was last starfighter i don't know uh, if any of you have... yeah i'm familiar with yeah. it i still haven't seen it yet Oh, really? it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm catching up on like shit, shit sci-fi. Like I watched uh, uh, Buckaroo Banzai the other day, and I was How like, dare you? "That's this not movie shit sucks." Sci-fi. I love it. No, it's cool. It's got Mr. Krabs in it. That guy follows yeah, me on I'm Twitter. Offended. I love that guy. <laughs> oh, it is. That is where it is, Mr. Krabs. I'm surprised you don't like the Last Starfighter, seeing as how it is the story of a kid who was really good at video games and turned it into a bit of a career. Yeah, I should mm-hmm. look into it more. Then I know that I think they're rebooting it or remaking it. He's also got really tiny arms, so it's basically. <laughs> God damn it! We're carrying this bit on. Is this happening? Oh. I I come to you on oh the day God. of my the evening of my day off, and you got <laughs> on the Thank day you. of my arms wedding with weight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I I don't know if this makes you feel better. So the, what, what Paige is referencing is uh, uh, Blaine and I did a stream playing Among Us, where the entire cast basically just shit on him for being a real tiny man, um, which I'm not. You know, I'm not here to disagree. Blaine might be big, but he had to work for that bigness. God just gifted me bigness in all of his infinite wisdom, made me six <laughs> foot five naturally, like a mountain. But uh, if, I don't know if this is revenge for you, but I, I, I've been having a pretty shitty day. I got my car broken into, and they stole my catalytic converter. Um, which oh, is Yeah, the they thing. left everything inside your car. Like, they yeah. didn't steal the radio. They didn't nope. steal nut. Like, didn't steal your hubcaps. No, they took, like, a thing you need from that yeah. car. <laughs> they took, like, the most Star Wars-ass robbery, where they just, like, went under <laughs> the hole of my ship, snipped a couple wires, and took this thing. And then what's worse is that the 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 part is... Uh, I went to go figure out how much it would be to get the part and to install it, and it's over $1,000, and my car is worth worth a thousand dollars so i'm not gonna fix this fucking car so i went to a muffler shop and they were like yeah we could do like a like a temporary fix and then they basically mad maxed my car by lifting it up on a thing and trimming a pipe down with a like a saw a bandsaw that they had in just their like little workshop and then they like welded it the parts to get oh my god my car is unstoppable now (laughs) <laughs> they probably See, stole that one off of another car and then the yeah, chain continues. Yeah. I was going to say, you should go on Craigslist and see if you could get your original catalytic converter back. 
the, the worst part is the now there's situation. just a guy with a guitar that is installed on Armando's front hood that yeah. can't see. <laughs> just on bungee cords with yeah. like flames. The worst part is that that's a that's a load bearing guitar player too, so you can't take it down. <laughs> where the whole, whole car comes crashing down. He's supporting all the joists. All right. And he won't stop singing about Satan. Speaking of which. <laughs> Speaking of which. So this week, we're going to get into subliminal messaging and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yes. All right. Let's go through sources. So we have What Was the Satanic Panic by CBC News and The History of the Satanic Panic in the U.S. and Why It's Not Over Yet by Vox. We have psychologicalscience.org. Org, an article on the myth that you can be influenced by things outside of your awareness. Uh, we have multiple Rolling Stone articles, uh, namely Judas Priest Subliminal Message Trial, uh, The Filthy 15, Where Are They Now?, and an interview with D. Snyder. We have CheatSheet.com, uh, which is a documented recording of a secret backward message hidden in a song that I will surprise you with later. Ooh. Yep. It's also where I get my cheat codes from Mario 64. <laughs> yeah. The backwards message is just up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B. Oh, but it's very spooky in a weird voice. Yep. Up, down, uh, up, down. Down. Turn me on, dead man. By, by the way, the Filthy 15 is what they called me and my roommates when I was living in a comic house. <laughs> That's the pounds that I gained freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> they all came from Popeye's. It was a very filthy time of my life. <laughs> no, it all came specifically from Ben and Jerry's, uh, a flavor they don't make anymore, but it was oatmeal cookie crunch Ooh. because Ooh. I I hated like my living situation and so i would just like eat ice cream while my roommate at the time had sex with a guy that looked like d snyder who would occasionally make like beer can pyramids on top of my computer so oh interesting. oh god i hate all of this i don't know she we ended up being friends she was at my wedding because she got super sick second semester and i had to take care of her and she was like, the only thing that makes me feel better when I'm sick is watching Terminator. And I was like, we can bond over this. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Yeah. You're telling me beer can pyramid guy didn't want to stick around to take care of a sick girl? <laughs> oh, not at all. <laughs> yeah. That guy was such trash. Were his pyramids any good? Like, did you ever look at them and be like, this has to be the work of aliens? <laughs> yeah, I was like... I feel like beings from above have definitely handled the geometry here because I don't even think this guy could, like... I'm surprised he can count, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> they might not have been uh, beings from above, but they were certainly very high. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Uh, then we have, uh, continuing with sources, Conspiracy the Show, Subliminal Messaging in Music. If you're super into subliminal messaging in music, I do recommend their episode on it because they play a lot of the subliminal messages especially the famous ones uh so if you want to hear a lot of this go ahead over there uh i thought about including some of them today but i like for our episodes to make it onto spotify and not get taken down so mm. being smart is there any uh, part of this episode that we're gonna play in reverse or like you know try to we do could a- yeah all right well, your old fantasy reverses in the album without but I'm going to reverse it in post. 
<laughs> we should just have it be I don't know, but somebody should be asking these questions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that there it and is. And then play that in reverse. I just wanted to say. I'm going to reverse that one and play it forwards <laughs> just to freak everyone out. I am the Zodiac Killer. <gasps> oh, what? Uh, we have, <laughs> continuing, we have Far Out Magazine's article on the Judas Priest suicide lawsuit. Uh, we have a LiveScience.com article on does subliminal messaging really work? And finally, we have Memorandum Subject MK Ultra Subproject Number 83. Cool. Are you guys ready? Very. So ready. Say yep. <laughs> Is that him saying yes? <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> you're ha- you're going to hate Twin Peaks. Uh, I know it's on our list of things to force you to watch eventually. No, but... no she won't watch Back Oh, I've to seen the all of Twin Peaks. I what? love Twin Peaks. What? How have you seen Twin Peaks and not seen Jurassic Park? It was on Netflix. Oh. I got oh really God. into it. Jurassic Park was on Netflix. <laughs> I've seen... Here's the thing. I've seen one eighth of Jurassic Parts in various clips Jurassic between falling parts. asleep. She said Jurassic, Jurassic Parts. I mean, that is that is the most accurate description for the amounts of Jurassic Park that she has seen. It's part. <laughs> parts. Oh I mean, I, I wish I knew that you were also a Twin Peaks person. I would have. I love Twin Peaks. I was thinking of rewatching <laughs> it this year. So I love everything know. except the last episode, which made me very angry. But I love that show a lot. It was really good. All right. I'm I am pleasantly surprised, Andrea. Thank you. I watched a show. Are you doing Jurassic Park and horror version? That counts, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it should, but we also had people who were dicks about us doing Terminator, which is a total slasher. No, they so. just didn't like me. That was why. <laughs> no, no. We we had no comments about people not liking you. It was all comments about like Paige always picks stupid movies, and I'm just like, oh, fine, whatever. Terminator rules. They're wrong. They're so wrong. Um, so last week we talked a lot about people with debunked books about their lives and the time they spent worshiping Satan and how this kind of generally fueled the existing paranoia of the 1970s. And what was really interesting too was talking to my dad about this literally last night where I basically said, I was like, you guys didn't have Google. So like, I understand kind of why this took hold and dad was like, yeah, but people could have, like, read the news. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. Um, yeah. But he said that people just kind of took things as fact, really, at the time, especially in the church. So, yeah. yeah. Well-known, trustworthy source, the news. Historically the trustworthy <laughs> source. Well, to be honest, at this point in history, more trustworthy than now, yeah. sort of. It's about to not be. But it kind of depends on who you are because it's trustworthy for a certain demographic of people. I mean, for Satan, I would say, like, at least if you were watching the news, you would probably have known that that Manson was in prison, (laughs) like when these people were claiming to know him and meet him. Yeah. So there's that. You would also know about all the health benefits of smoking cigarettes at a young age. (laughs) Smoke yourself thin and get confident, stupid. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That has, that's so stupid. That had no effect on me whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> a big rip of his vape. <laughs> yeah, Rondo is currently vaping. I thought he was doing it as a goof. He actually did take a big one. Yeah, yeah it kind of hurt my fucking... <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Chode. <laughs> 
I guess some of us didn't tour with children's choirs and were indoctrinated into not smoking to not ruin their voices. Oh, I thought you said some of us didn't tour with children's choirs and were smoking hella cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, my my grandfather also died from complications of smoking, so there was that, but we were also in children's choirs at the time. Did you understand? It's smoking H E double toothpicks uh, cigarettes, okay? We don't (laughs) swear in the Bible. (laughs) Nonsense. I am from the Bay Area. Hella is in our blood. Yeah. Yeah, I did have a dare shirt at one point. My my uncle was a dare officer for a while. Yeah. (laughs) I also had a dare shirt for a really long time. (laughs) Ironically. I think Armando owned his ironically. They're still around. Quick aside, I was getting Chipotle the other day, and I was on a call while I was doing it, and there was these ladies with a dare stand, and they're like, you want to sign up? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I do drugs. Sorry. (laughs) And my my meeting was like, wait, what? And I was like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Sorry. I'm high right now. I'm at Chipotle. You should have guessed this. Yeah. (laughs) The wrong place for your stand. Oh, man. Armando, is that a photo of you in a cowboy hat behind you? What's happening? You haven't seen that photo? That's one of my favorite pictures of Armando ever. No, that's, that's a not. Photo. That's a different cowboy hat photo that I have that I now have to <laughs> post. No, this is a my my grandma's brother, my great uncle. He goes to a bunch of concerts, not so much this year. Oh, and that's he, his concert calendar. Yeah, he makes me a calendar every year of all the pictures that he takes and uh, that's a dope. big song list of all the songs that he really likes. And what sucks about, or what's weird about getting older is that every year I grow, the more our songs start to line up. <laughs> in terms of, uh, of we'll get to a list of songs later in this episode that I was just like, man, this playlist sounds lit as fuck. <laughs> and it was supposed to shock people. Um, Let's. Well, we're gonna release with this episode a Spotify playlist, so you can. I'm sure it already exists. You can worship like, Satan along yeah. with us. What's up, fellas? <laughs> no, ladies. No. The oh, devil's playlist. I'm here for it. Bounce yep. those cheeks for Satan. <laughs> Do it in reverse. Throw it back. Oh God, how do you even twerk in reverse? I'm too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to twerk, period. I'm, it's, uh, Amateurs. <laughs> uh, so, needless to say, following the events of the last episode, people started seeing Satan literally everywhere, even in places where he definitely wasn't. And so we're going to cover in this episode a few of the different ways that pop culture gets viewed through the lens of this paranoia and then further how the paranoia starts to affect real people's lives at the hands of some unscrupulous parents and legal professionals. (laughs) Yep. So we begin right before the start of the 80s with a 1977 Freedom of Information Act request. This request compelled the records from a top-secret government project that sought to bend the limits of the human mind and body and find new ways for control and infiltration, often experimenting on unsuspecting government employees and regular citizens alike. These are the released files of Project MKUltra, which we do not have a ton of time to get into because you could do a whole extra project, like a whole podcast, just on MK Ultra, and I don't mean like a series. I mean like a different show of just MK Ultra. But just even the stuff that we know of, because isn't like yeah. whenever they give that stuff out, it's just like notated to death, and there's just black yeah, marker. Yeah, it's, it's all, over all it. redacted. Um, but yeah, I'm not making another podcast. I need to sleep. So. <laughs> 
Project MK Ultra, uh, often just referred to as MK Ultra or the CIA Mind Control Program, uh, is a program of experiments on human subjects that were undertaken by the U.S. and specifically the CIA, most of which were illegal. Uh, all of the experiments, and well, most of them were done on humans, some were done on animals, uh, but they were largely intended to develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations to essentially weaken people's minds and force confessions through mind control. Um, it was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence with the CIA, and it was coordinated by the U.S. Army and their Biological Warfare Laboratory, which is a horrifying sentence. Yeah. Do you happen to know if this was, like, for mass control over, like, entire crowds and populations, or was it for specifically, like, we want to mind control this one it guy? It sounds like a both. truth serum thing. It's, yeah. it's both. Yeah, it's... Because they do test some things, particularly with dosing LSD, mm-hmm. that is mass control, um, that is unsuccessful. As as we all know, <laughs> trying to control people on LSD, you're not going to get the answers you want. No, no. You just do things like you invent the dessert dog and shit like that. <laughs> Other code names for some of those drug-related experiments, and you'll probably hear about them if you're into any sort of conspiracy theory shit is Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Not sure why. Um, Sounds delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like something Uh, I don't want on my pizza. (laughs) Um, But essentially their goal, both one-on-one and on a macro scale, was to manipulate their subject's mental um, state and brain function. So they started out with things like high doses of psychoactive drugs, um, LSD and psilocybin, as well as other chemicals, electroshock therapy, hypnosis, sensory and sleep deprivation, isolation, and targeted verbal and sexual abuse, as well as physical torture. Jesus. Oh my God. It sounds Yikes. like touring with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's just an average Tuesday with Motley Crue. Don't worry about it. I mean, essentially, they're using like cult like tactics to control people well and i mean as we've covered on a number of episodes a lot of cult leaders participated in some of these experiments as in like they took ideas from them or as in they were subjects Ooh, at least two when did uh, project flappy bird take place flappy bird Oh, Bluebird? Uh, so No, it was, it was a joke because the okay. addicting... Uh, fuck, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The other joke I had was that they had a uh, an accompaniment to Project Artichoke, which was Operation Side of Butter. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, Let's go. I will lose my mind for these artichokes, mostly the butter. I'm from Wisconsin. I love a good artichoke dip. We have a family recipe that my sister refers to as the man catcher. Whoa. Yeah. What? I'm married. It's, so it's, there's your proof it's because right it's, there. it's so thick that if a man dips a chip in there, he's not getting out. And he's your <laughs> man now. I just see like a little bowl on a table and there's a giant cardboard box with a stick propped up. <laughs> <laughs> we usually do it in like baked in a sourdough bread bowl. Oh. The most San Franciscan we can. That okay. So I good. see it. I see it. Yeah. Mm hmm. So 
According to the files that we have, MKUltra was officially sanctioned in 1953 and then reduced in its scope in 1964 and further basically cut back in 67 before being officially, finger quotes, ended in 1973. However, that doesn't account for a few of the projects that led up to MKUltra, specifically Paperclip, which starts at the end of World War II, where the U.S. essentially captures and employs Nazi scientists for these experiments. So we actually take a lot of their technology for some of these experiments. Big um, yikes. Yeah. Huge yikes. In 1973, when the project was allegedly ended, nearly all of the files associated with it are destroyed. So even though the project was undertaken with more than 80 different institutions, so colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies, they all got the order in 1973 to destroy all of the documents, and it was given by CIA director at the time, Richard Helms, basically as a way to hide the CIA's involvement in what are basically war crimes, essentially. So this prompts an investigation uh, undertaken by the Church Commission on CIA Activities. Now, Church is somebody's last name. Just ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not Church of CIA. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no. The guy at the helm of the CIA was literally named Helm, so no one fucking <laughs> it, knows anymore. No one knows. Uh, it's also known as the Rockefeller Commission. Um, but by the time they got through their investigation, most of the documents were destroyed. And so they start having hearings in 1975, and the only thing they can do is interview people who have come forward as subjects of the experiments. Um, But this is what starts to bring it to the attention of the public, which prompts a 1977 Freedom of Information Act, which uncovers a cache of 20,000 documents relating to MKUltra that were misfiled. That's the only reason they weren't destroyed. And this leads to... (laughs) Awkward! Oops! Uh, it leads to widespread Senate hearings. Um, some of those documents, they, they have continued to find kind of small caches here and there that were misfiled. So they've actually uncovered a few in 2001 and then even more in December of 2018. They're all uh, thanks to one office assistant on a lot of LSD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one intern was like, I've had enough of this shit. Fellas, don't you hate it when your citizens go through your phone and find all the documents about you <laughs> <laughs> making people lose their fucking mind? Have you been cheating on me with mind control? Um, and Nazi doctors. <laughs> and Nazi doctors. Uh, now, the one that was released in December of 2018, those declassified documents actually included a letter to an unidentified doctor discussing the work he had done on six dogs that he, according to this document, successfully made run, turn, and stop via remote-controlled brain implants. What? Uh, He made RC dogs? He made RC dogs, which is you know what's upsetting? Those are real animals, and that's terrible. It's It's super upsetting because you can just train a dog. Like you don't have to do all that. You can just take it to obedience school. It will do those things. Yeah. Well, that's nothing compared to what they uncovered in the '70s that they did to cats, where (gasps) they implanted radio receivers in cats, and then would try to send (laughs) them near the Kremlin to pick up radio signals. 
but they kept stepping on landmines, which as a cat lover is so no. incredibly sad, but also just too funny, but terrible. Like, it would make McCready, don't ever step on a landmine. Uh, it would make me really sad, but... Yeah. They yeah. also, one of my favorite CIA experiments is they thought that they could train, they could attach bombs to bats. Yes. And then the <laughs> bats would start fires by like going into the buildings and stuff, but they only like blew up their own shit. Like it didn't, it was never effective. Yeah. Well, no yeah. shit. It's because it came from the makers of the RC dog and the Bluetooth cat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, if you combined an Alexa and a cat. Alexa's sassy enough. She doesn't need cat energy. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, what's the weather like? And then it just shits on your floor. (laughs) (laughs) What's the weather like? More food. My bowl is empty. I'm sorry. Just imagine trying to train a cat to do anything. It's hilarious. It's impossible. It is literally impossible. We've been trying to keep McCready off the stove. <laughs> Not happening. Oh my god! Wait, like you? <laughs> I wonder Not, if you're just jumping on landmines willy nilly. <laughs> Wait, like never you're you're per- you're trying to prevent you guys from cooking McCready? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Oh god. So he kept getting into bags of treats on top of the fridge. So we have now put treats in a cabinet and then tied the cabinet shut to try and baby proof it, so that like he can't get in there. So he jumps on the stove to get across to the other cabinet, which he has now learned to untie. I, we were at the end of our... We don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said pasta, not pasta. <laughs> I'm sorry. He Holy. can't differentiate what's treats and what's just something else in a crinkly bag. So, like, anything <laughs> in a crinkly bag is treats. He keeps and stealing so my weed. <laughs> he stole my... I, I had this, like face wash sample thing that came in like the same size bag as his treats and he just tore that open and then realized it was just face wash and was very upset it was very moisturized yes yeah i was like why are you such a greasy kitty um no that sounded weird um (laughs) anyway the reason i bring this up is because that this is one of the first times that the public at large would be introduced to what was known as subproject number 83, subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging isn't new, and it honestly wasn't unique to the CIA either. Allegedly, subliminal messaging was first used in a movie theater in New Jersey in the summer of 1957. During a film called Picnic, a market researcher named James Vickery had cut the film to flash advertisements on the screen every five seconds. And the interruptions were so fast, at one three thousandth of a second, that they were undetectable by the conscious mind, allegedly. The fleeting advertisements of drink Coca-Cola and hungry eat popcorn reportedly increased Coke sales by 18.1% and popcorn by 57.8%. According to him. Okay. That's the problem. He was actually asked to replicate the experiment multiple times and was never able to achieve the same result. But it did prompt a man named George Sperling to do studies in 1960 and 1963 designed to demonstrate the existence of a visual sensory memory. And the results give us some insight into how the brain works with this kind of stimuli. 
because not all memory is created equal. And he found that we actually have two different kinds of memory. We have iconic and echoic memory. So participants could recall briefly flashed images, so like grids of letters and numbers. They couldn't recall them in their entirety. If you just asked them where to find things, they couldn't recall it. But if you cued them to where they would have appeared on a grid, they could then recall more of it. So essentially, the visual as a whole decayed too fast, but could be prompted for recall, if that makes sense. Okay. So it was one of the first times in an experiment that they were able to basically prove that you could see something almost imperceptible, but your body perceived it and your mind perceived it and you could recall it. But subliminal messaging as a whole relies on top-down processing. See, you could recall it, but that's not necessarily going to influence you because your culture, experience, and just personal expectations all influence your perception of the things that you see, especially when an image is ambiguous. And this occurs automatically. There's nothing you can do about it. It's outside of your conscious awareness. So that means that your personal disposition controls how you will react to that external stimuli. So without knowing what your disposition is, subliminal messaging is not that effective. But that didn't stop the CIA from basically testing it out based on these experiments. So they actually tested it for a number of years under Subproject 83, and what they found was a big, fat nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they found that subliminal messaging really only works if you're already in a mindset that's aligned with what the messaging wants you to do. So if you're thirsty already and you see a flash of Sprite, maybe you're more likely to drink a Sprite because you're already thirsty and Sprite is one of your options. But the correlation is not enough to make it actionable. Yeah, like if you're thirsty already and somebody flashes a picture of ass, you're maybe, maybe. more more susceptible to, to, to sliding in the DS. I don't know how this would work, actually, now that I think about it. Well, they did find that prolonged exposure to consistent messaging, and I mean like near constant exposure for weeks and months at a time, can start to alter a person's thinking. Yeah, I've been exposed a lot, and here here to say, not a fan. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, pause, pause, pause. What? <laughs> no, I, this is a bad joke. I'm sorry. I was just trying to make a joke about how sometimes <sighs> men send us penises and we don't ask for them, and it sucks. <laughs> so sorry okay i thought you were gonna say like there's a man driving around your neighborhood just like occasionally yelling like sprite like every <laughs> but this is so much worse because it's men just hitting your phone up and being like penis every, <laughs> penis! Few, every few this is just days. the reality of being a woman in the world is there like is a sometimes it's a dick occasionally flashing dicks at people yeah that does mm -hmm. happen that does happen <laughs> jesus He's also uh, he's also headlining the comedy store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, there's a guy running around my house flashing his penis every once in a while. I'm married to him, but like it happens. <laughs> so this is actually covered in a really interesting documentary from 1988 by John Carpenter called They Live. Uh, Andrea, oh, yeah. you should watch it. Yeah, okay. it's really fascinating. It's very Write well it down. It, This is a documentary. Yes. 
Is it a documentary like Twin Peaks is a documentary? <laughs> no, no. It is. I, I will say, though, that um, it was sponsored by Big Sunglasses. So just be aware <laughs> of that little uh, conflict yeah, yeah, yeah. of interest. Every once in a while, just Sunglass Hut flashes across the screen. As long it, as it I doesn't. don't get too many ads for Log. <laughs> is that what you call it's- penis? No, that's a Twin Peaks joke. Have you not seen Twin no, Peaks? No, I have. I have. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make a... My log has something to say. It's that I'm eating enough fiber and every morning is great. Sorry, that was a poop God. joke. Just cut it out. That's a poo joke. It's fine. I like it. I feel it. no shame. Um, Everybody logs. Didn't you read that book when you were a kid? <laughs> Everybody no, knows. I only read the log line. <laughs> I only saw the Ren and Stimpy sketch about logs. Um, so the most important thing to remember about all of this information I just gave you is that people don't read shit. If that's one thing that's like a thesis statement for when things go wrong in every cult podcast episode, yeah. it's that people don't read shit. Yeah, either <laughs> us or the followers, one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. going to say... It's it's rough. So when the CIA memos about subliminal messaging were released in the Freedom of Information Act, people basically read subliminal messaging and then stopped drilling because they hit oil. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't actually read through to see that they were like, yeah, we didn't really find anything. It doesn't actually work. This sounds like the Mueller investigation all over again. of just like one person summarized it. So we don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But this explains why, starting in the late 70s and early 80s, we start to see a disturbing trend of people thinking they were finding messages in movies and music. Hell yeah, dude. When did Letter Soup come into play? Because I'm wondering if that was a thing, too, where like, someone saw like fart floating in their soup, and they're like, oh, God, the government. Oh, you're talking like alphabet soup. Alphabet yeah, soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> letter no, soup. No, you're okay. You had- Letter, <laughs> I hardly know her. Listen, I came from a poor family. We could only afford letter soup, all right? It's <laughs> <laughs> the off-brand. It comes in a bag. <laughs> oh, that was 1867. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to say no, probably. I grew up in an even, even poorer family, and we just had a soup called Mind Your P's and Q's, and it was all the P's. <laughs> just P's and Q's. And P's. eventually, I just realized it was just P's, and then sometimes the Q's would be <laughs> like, they're just a backwards P. They tricked me. As somebody who has a box of fruit rounds in her kitchen right now, I can't throw stones. Oh my god, no, I'm, I'm living a little bit better. Now I can get uh, azúcar flakes, which is just the Spanish <laughs> frosted flakes where it's just no, it's uh, just regular Tony the Tiger or azucaritos. It's Antonio El Tigre. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's zucaritos because uh, I've had zucaritos before as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Tony the Tiger out front and he's like, it's me, Antonio the Tiger. Muy bueno. That's it. That's the- <laughs> Muy bueno. I mean, are you also using Don Limpio? That's what I call my penis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm no. sorry. Inappropriate. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not supposed to use Don Limpio on your penis. It'll hurt your skin. Um, <laughs> Don Limpio is Mr. Clean. Okay. So uh, now, to be fair, musicians have been putting backward messages in their tracks for years. John Lennon was infamous for it. Well, he was uh, also it, on acid, so... Oh, so much. 
Uh, and it actually contributes to the Paul is dead conspiracy. Um, but it's usually only one or two phrases and it's usually nonsense. And according to the information we have about subliminal messaging, your mind can't necessarily easily parse those backwards messages. It's not something that's going to influence you. Your body can't make sense of it. The best it can do is make you feel uneasy, but it's not a really specifically directed emotion. Yeah. So that's why the whole idea that like, ah, these Satan musics and they're backwards where it's like, it just doesn't, it sounds like fucking nonsense. Like yeah. I couldn't tell you what any of that stuff there is. Uh, did you guys ever hear about the doom guy? The guy that made the soundtrack for doom Yeah. and how yeah. he puts a blue. Yeah. That's like proof that people are like, ah, Satan music. And then it's like, Jesus loves you going backwards. Uh, I've actually got another example of that coming up right next. All right. But, First, just so you guys know, uh, something I actually learned from that Conspiracy the Show episode that goes through and plays a lot of these, while the backwards ones don't work, they have been developing options for embedding code in digital tracks so that while you're playing a track, it's sending codes to your device to trigger ads. So, like, oh, okay. that's the modern version of it, which is actually real. Yeah, now we're cooking. Yeah, that makes Yeah, sense. this this version is... They already, yeah. I, they already have shit like this where, like, I went... Uh, I, I had a conversation with a friend on the phone the other day where I went on, like, a, a pretty big rant about why Now You See Me is one of the worst franchises in history. Mostly stemming... Because they named it... Now You now See, you me, see too. me, too! They didn't just call it Now You Don't! Now You Don't! It's so stupid. It makes me so mad, and I hate everything about the goddamn movie, but uh, now both my phone and his phone are just full up with Now You See Me ads, and it's like, why are you still promoting this movie? What streaming services are they even on? Fucking Queeby or something? (laughs) No, Queeby went out of business, which is something Andre and I found out when we didn't hear back from an audition for two weeks. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> uh, Quibi went out of business I found out when a bunch of my friends Who suddenly were super happy they had jobs Suddenly didn't have jobs anymore Yeah, yeah. we were two of those yeah, friends yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I know I know I don't know they wanted me to have to Give up my day job to make the same amount of money But do more work So I was like ah. Yeah uh, Jake and I were almost on TLC that one time oh, yeah. For the cake thing no, for the oh, I guess because I'll I'll talk about it because it's definitely not happening. Uh, there's a drag queen themed wedding show, and we got nominated by like a ton of people. And then they like looked at our social media and they're like, oh, th- like okay, this is like a person, I guess. Which I was like, I'm not really, but whatever. Uh, and they interviewed us, and they didn't push us through. We made it to the last like round where it was like us and another couple and they opted not to go with us because they didn't think there was enough wrong with our wedding <laughs> oh yeah they got to find that in that makes sense yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were like what's your sob story and i was just like this 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 is why i kept pushing to let you make me the wedding planner that's why i was doing it i was trying <laughs> to help you Thank you. Well, I think that they were because they okay. This is peek behind the real sad curtain. They kept being like, "So, are you sad that you're going to be plus size for your wedding?" And I was like, "Did you see what I'm marrying? No, I'm fine." 
no, this is amazing. I'm winning. You're I'm welcome. Winning. By the way, we've been together a long time. I don't think he expected something different at the wedding. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think I don't think a man who had five different cakes at his wedding expected anything different. <laughs> do it. That do is it. always do absurd. It's just like, what if what if the person you're marrying just showed up completely different? Would you be like, they snatched her body? Like, what's your what happens? Like, <laughs> I know it's terrifying. Yeah, they. I think they also thought it was. So I had my wedding dress custom made, and they were mad that they wouldn't get to like go with me to a dress appointment. And I was mm. just like, oh no, it's already you know. Because shopping for wedding dresses is a nightmare. And they were just like, yeah, that's like, we want that on camera. And I was we like, need drama. no, thanks. I cried the two times I went. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, we want you to be sad for entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah. Dance, yeah. monkey, dance. Yeah. TLC, hit me up. <laughs> I'll be so incredibly sad for as much money as you'll give me. Is there like a TLC version of like getting your catalytic converter stolen or like <laughs> What's your sob story? Uh every fucking day, man. Just <laughs> That was pimp my ride, but that shows long gone. Oh no, 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 no. They're is... rebooting it. They needed my catalytic converter for <laughs> the reboot. They're on a very tight That's budget. actually how they're funding yeah. it. Is they're stealing and selling catalytic converters. That and just whatever exhibit makes on Cameo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, one of the most important backwards message songs that I would say has one of that I would say has had the biggest historical impact is Prince's Darling Nikki. Really? Which, yes. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because it's arguably one of his filthiest songs, uh, but also he's a genius, and I love him, and it's a great song, and fuck anyone who says differently. Um, but this is the song that actually inspires Tipper Gore to form her coalition that would eventually put explicit stickers on albums, and she's going to factor in huge. And when played forwards, the song has lyrics like, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. Which, first of all, that's not something we do in public. As we covered on the last episode, <laughs> yeah. you don't yay yourself in public. You don't yay um, yourself in public. But what she didn't realize is that that song actually also has a backwards refrain. Near the end of the song, you can actually hear an eerie kind of choir sound and they appear to be singing complete gibberish however when it's played backwards the secret message can be heard and it's hello how are you fine fine because i know the lord is coming soon coming coming soon so ironically it is the opposite of a satanic message yeah but, i mean yeah. everyone's coming in this song damn <laughs> I mean, especially Nikki. She from yaying herself in that hotel lobby. <laughs> she was she was reading Highlights magazine. By the way, just like <laughs> oh, Jesus, I found all the differences. <laughs> I was I I thought that the most like popular you know you know secret message song was it was Stairway to Heaven. If you played it backwards and all that stuff, but I feel like that mm -hmm. might have gotten debunked or something. I don't it know. did get mostly uh, debunked. A lot of the ones that get brought up get debunked. Then there's like a, a next wave of people doing it on purpose. Yeah. Um, so there's more recent ones. You can find a lot of them on YouTube where people have purposefully done it. 
and it's always kind of lame because you can kind of tell that it's you know deliberate as opposed to yeah. kind of hidden there's a um a little known fact that if you if you play acdc's highway to hell backwards it's actually uh a v- it sounds very bad uh yeah because <laughs> It sounds bad. It's backwards. Parkway yeah. to driveway. Yeah. When you play it backwards. If you if you play it backwards, it just sounds really bad. That's it. There's no message. It just sounds bad. Oh. Um mm-hmm. either way, the sexual themes of the song caused Tipper Gore, an activist <clears throat> and wife of Al Gore, uh, who had bought the album for her young daughter. Oh God. Uh Apparently, she just wasn't paying attention to what her daughter was listening to and, like, heard it. Which, by the way, because it's on the Purple Rain album, that album is fucking great. (laughs) And, like, your kids should be listening to Purple Rain. Controversial statement. I'm going to say it now. Let your kids listen to Prince. Quick side note. I went on a date to a Halloween party, costume party, uh, with a girl who was dressed as Prince. It was... A very confusing but also very arousing uh, night, and uh, uh, that's my story. I dressed as Prince, not this past Halloween, but the one before, for The Office, and showed up, and there was a Freddie Mercury and a David Bowie, and we had not coordinated it. It was just <laughs> like luck of that's, the draw. That's just good friendship right there. It was pretty great. Uh, so this causes Tipper Gore to found the Parents Music Resource Center to try and prevent children from listening to music with adult content. And to give an example of what she meant by adult content, she listed out what she called the Filthy 15, Mm. a list of what she considered to be the most offensive songs of all time, a.k.a. a fucking great playlist. (laughs) (laughs) See, Paige, here's the thing. If you spell PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center, backwards, it sounds like crimp, which is part of Krampus, which is part of the devil. (gasps) They're actually the devil. Follow the letters. Hallie Burton, somebody should be asking these questions. Oh, God. (laughs) We've gone too deep. Uh, so here is the list of the filthy 15 if you're interesting it if you're here's the list of the filthy 15 if you're interested we have judas priests eat me alive sick. motley yeah it's fucking sick motley cruz bastard uh we have darling nikki by prince fucking classic sheena easton's sugar walls which it is exactly what you think it is by the way yes. <laughs> hot uh we have wasps animal also known as fuck like a beast we have merciful fates into the coven we have vanity strap on robbie baby who by the way this would have been uh likely produced by prince as well so prince hits this list at least twice good for him (laughs) i know uh we've got deaf leopard high and dry We have Madonna, Dress You Up, which I love that song. When I realized it was on this list, I was like, fuck these people. (laughs) This is good music. Um, We have Cyndi Lauper's She-Bop. Oh, come on. That's a great song. And then we have ACDC's Let Me Put My Love Into You. (laughs) We have (laughs) Black Sabbath's Trashed. Mary Jane Girl's In My House, also a great song. Uh, Venom, Possessed. And last but definitely not least, we have We're Not Gonna Take It 
by Twisted Sister. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I have the that the album that that's on the Black Sabbath album on vinyl like right now. Fuck yeah, I definitely have Twisted Sister on vinyl, and I definitely have Purple Rain on a rare vinyl release from Argentina. So the album itself is Lavender. Uh, it's oh. very cool. Yeah. This does just sound like a mixtape somebody made to do cocaine to, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Sounds like tonight's workout playlist. Yeah. What do you, wait, are you working out your nose tonight? Hey. Uh, what I think is funny is I would have been a, a church kid growing up not long after this, and my parents absolutely let me listen to Madonna and Prince. Yeah. Where they were just like, these are classics. This is good music. My mom, when I when I uh when I moved on from uh middle school to, to high school, my mom bought me my first album, which was Little Wayne's The Carter Three, the deluxe edition, which included a song that was just called Pussy Money Weed. <laughs> Your mom, your mom's a real one, though. Yeah, I mean, she's great. My mom, my mom also played uh, one time when I was a kid. She, when uh, Kanye West, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" came out, she played it for me on a car ride in its entirety. And there's God, one- you were a kid when that came. out? <clears throat> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Oh, I she drove me from my dad's house, who had custody, to our house, and uh, she played the song "Blame Game," uh, which uh, features like a five minute improvised sketch by Chris Rock who pretends to be the guy that Kanye's girl is cheating on him with. And he just basically goes for five minutes. He's like, damn, this pussy good. You got this shit reupholstered. Who reupholstered your pussy? <laughs> and then he'll, he'll just ask questions like that. And then they cut in a girl going, Yeezy reupholstered my pussy and it just goes on like that and before my mom played the song she paused it and she stopped the car and she looked at me and she's like okay we're gonna listen to this song once and then we're never ever going to talk about this again and then she pressed play and drove and it was one of my favorite memories that's a good uh, mom right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's a very different experience than I had with my dad when I was young, where he put in Ben Folds 5 and was like, <laughs> there's a lot of swearing and anger on this album, but the songs are too good. Let's go. <laughs> so my, my mom did try to buy an Eminem CD at a Walmart, but they wouldn't sell it because he's too filthy for Walmart, I guess. So yeah. oh, oh, and they the weren't closest. stocking it. I thought that yeah. she like picked it up and they're like, I'm not going to ring this up for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm, I, we can move on. But my, the first time my mom bought me the Carter three, cause she had to buy it twice. Cause the first time she bought it from target and it was the clean version. Oh, and it, oh, there, was, there was just a song on that. That was just P asterisk 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 money w asterisk asterisk d <laughs> and i was like i wonder what those two words could be oh what my would be god really funny if it was like pussy money weed and then in parentheses eat ass suck a dick and sell drugs <laughs> just like spelling it out even more for you I haven't listened to the radio in so long and the other day I did it by accident like my I hadn't connected my phone and so like the hip hop channel was on and a song came on the it was the Cardi B and Megan the Stallion wet ass pussy Yeah that yeah. song uh <laughs> She's they bleep out every word. Like I have I no idea what that song is about <laughs> as a clean song. I don't know why you would even play it because it's 
almost no lyrics. It's just the well, instrumental version that they're playing. No, the because even the instrumental is there's some whores in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was when they first released the video, they had to change it for YouTube because YouTube wouldn't let them say wet ass pussy. And it's wet and gushy. And I'm like, oh, that's worse. Oh. That is so a worse much worse. Thing to say. <laughs> like pass. so much worse. I am more scandalized by this accurate description of what vaginas feel like. I actually I have right here for us the uh the truly clean version of wet ass pussy. Here we go. I'm gonna put it on. All right. <laughs> Is that just the just cheeks clapping? No, it's just it's literally just the clap. They the the kick was too dirty too. So mm, took it off. Hey. <laughs> So Twisted Sister was right in that they were indeed not going to take it because <laughs> guess who showed up to the PMRC congressional hearing? Oh, my God. Uh, it was D. Snyder, his damn self, giant hair and all. Cut off shirt. Yep. Denim jeans. Just a few years before he was fucking your college roommate, apparently. That guy. <laughs> hear me out skinny he was like six three or four like he was a tall tall dude skinny jeans cowboy boots with flames on them Ooh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. like pantera crop top mm-hmm. no long black hair mm-hmm. full makeup i want to fuck him was he a vampire in a high school girl's manga yes and that's why i want to fuck him <laughs> We know how you feel about Twilight. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. So for D. Snyder, he considered this a chance to prove to the world that he and other metalheads like him were not just dumb jerks, basically. He realized what they thought he was. He realized that they thought that he was just out there slaying puss, putting makeup on, and like drumming in a rotating cage. He's not a drummer. No, man. But, you know. I have a family and a name. Okay, I'm a person. He is. Yeah. My, f- my full name. My full name is Dickerus Snyder. Okay. <laughs> and is my music a little too great? Yeah, but sometimes Dickerus flies too close to the buns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's actually footage of this testimony. I highly recommend watching it. Um, there are multiple senators present, including Al Gore, and. In a quote about it, in an interview looking back at it, he says they really wanted Vince Neal. Vince is not very articulate. He's actually a lifestyler, so he probably would have been half in the bag going in there. And they would have smacked him around because he's incapable of fighting at that level. As far as going and having an intelligent as far as going and having an intellectual debate on something, he'd be pretty defenseless. But what Damn. the senators got, yeah, it's it's a brutal, like, why are you throwing Vince Neal under the Hurtful. bus? Because yeah. Vince poured a, accidentally spilled his beer on D at some party or something. It sounds like. <laughs> Imbecile. Um, but what the senators got instead of Vince Neal was three extremely well-spoken musicians to contend with. Frank Zappa, John Denver, and Dee Snyder, who was a completely sober family man argued their case in court fantastically like they do a great great job but it doesn't really make a difference unfortunately because when the dust settled thanks to the PMRC explicit albums were then saddled with the pair were then 
explicit albums were then saddled with the parental advisory sticker, which markets have shown actually sell better. So they do get their revenge in the end where purely by marking albums as explicit, it makes more people buy them, which is kind of funny. It's like a, it's a thing in, in, uh, in the hip hop community where even if you have a mixtape, you Photoshop that little thing onto it, even if it's not officially rated, because it's just a sign of like, yeah, bro, I talk about street shit, dog. Yeah, I'm too bad for your Christian mom. <laughs> I'm not Vince Neil. I'm out here. I am Vince Neil. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, the opposite. I'm a I'm Vince fucking Neil. And here's my mixtape. I'm there more dangerous than Harry Potter, kids. <laughs> um, what's really interesting is when you upload podcasts onto iTunes, like when you're first starting a podcast, mm-hmm. they ask you whether or not you want to mark it explicit. So when I put ours up, I marked it explicit on purpose. I didn't even know if it was going to be because I was like, yeah, people are going to like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's cred. It's yeah. cred. We should try. We should try to have one clean episode of cult podcast for the oh, kids. Good. Fucking oh luck. my god! There are Paige, there are kids that. that listen to this show. There are many children that listen to this show. I know it, I it's upset. It really do. upsets me sometimes. Me There's, too. We have a Discord and people are like, "I'm 15 and a big fan of the show," and it's like, "You show you fucking shouldn't be, dog." <laughs> Who is watching <laughs> you? Blink twice if you need help. I mean, 15, whatever. But like when it when it's like, oh, my kid's nine. I'm like, maybe wait. So why was John Denver there? Because he doesn't. There's a difference between him and uh, Twisted Sister. Big like, metal fan, John Denver is. <laughs> uh, in part because people saw it as a chance to combat censorship in general. Okay. But also, I think he showed up to be like, "Hey, I wasn't as blatant about it, but I was also singing about fucking." <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah, I like the solidarity. Way to go, John Denver. Way to go, John Denver. Um, but. There is a sadder version of this because despite what happened with the PMRC, there's a 1985 case that is actually tragic. Judas Priest was sued for alleged subliminal messaging in their songs. Yeah. Two boys, 18-year-old Raymond Belknap and 20-year-old James Vance, were listening to Judas Priest when, according to their families, they were pushed to suicide by the subliminal messages in the music. Now, they spent the evening in question consuming a large amount of various drugs and alcohol, and when the dust settled, Raymond Belknap was dead, and James Vance had injured himself so severely that he would die of complications from his condition three years later. Oh my god. Yeah. Vance and Belknap's families would go on to attempt to sue Judas Priest for the loss of their children. And their attorney actually ends up writing an op-ed for the LA Times about the subliminal messaging, and he claimed that it included phrases like, let's be dead and do it, repeated over and over and over and over again. He also tries to bolster his defense by quoting Jimi Hendrix and claiming that music can be hypnotic, which prompts Jane Andrews, a member of Judas Priest's band management team, to reveal that the complaints that were filed were actually misquoting lyrics in the songs. So they didn't even have the song lyrics correct. When they sent them the corrected song lyrics and said basically this is what the song actually says, that's when the case 
changed their plea to subliminal messaging. But on mm. further investigation and many depositions and testimonies later, it was revealed that there were no intended hidden messages in the songs. I mean, it's a witch hunt, right? Like, yeah, that's like going to a crash site from a lady that got ran over by a semi truck, and it's like she was listening to Cher on her iPod. It's Cher's fault. Get Cher on the horn. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? She would still be alive if we could turn back. <laughs> I forgot that there was that share song called Let's Get Hit by a Semi-Truck. <laughs> if she got out of the street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, unfortunately, it's the sadder reality that these families both had children who struggled with addiction to drugs and alcohol and a history of suicidal ideation and sadly lost their lives. And a judge eventually dismisses the case and states that maybe they were perceiving subliminal messages, but none of them were intentionally added to the album. So Judas Priest does not basically have to pay anything to the families. But Rob Halford, the lead singer, has talked about this at length, where he was devastated oh. by this case, where he was like, the idea that the music we made would make people want to kill themselves is heartbreaking. And he was always very, very bothered by this happening. And then obviously we've got two families that are still grieving and really sad because this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last episode where really unfortunate, sad, horrible things happen to people. And because it's more painful to accept the truth, they look to things like satanic subliminal messaging they look to a reason to explain the pain that they're feeling and it's very 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 sad um so for a little bit of a palate cleanser here's our last for this section on subliminal messaging story about people thinking they're finding satanic stuff in songs and it's tied to our good friend anton levey oh great <laughs> yay Around the early 80s, uh, the song had actually been out for a long time. This didn't necessarily happen at the time that the song was originally popular. Uh, but people started to interpret the lyrics to the Eagle song, Hotel California, as a correlation to some of Anton LaVey's messaging and a story about his Church of Satan in San Francisco. They basically are arguing that that's what the song is about. And they actually go further and they look at the cover art of the album and they think that Anton LaVey can be seen in the image on the album. Tickling. However. <laughs> yeah, now I want to look it up. It turns out that it was just an unfortunately styled woman. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that poor woman! Uh, but there were, I mean, stories at the time where they were like, yeah, Anton LaVey was blessing every album as it came off the press. And I'm like, no, he wasn't. Uh, and it's actually been confirmed later by both the band and <laughs> Anton LaVey that not only is the song not about him, it's he didn't bless the albums and he wasn't in the cover art. But it's just a lady who's like lit badly with maybe some makeup that's not as flattering as it could be. <laughs> But there's definitely a munchkin hanging itself in the background. I can see it. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> Through the trees. Yes. Now. Oh, this photo was taken in L.A. Yes. It, yeah, it's just on the backside of a house. That's. Yeah, I know where that is. 
they used to live there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Their building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Weird. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, every piece of entertainment was dissected to see if there was any piece of Satanism somewhere in it. And that's where we get to a tabletop role-playing game that rose to swift popularity among children at the time, Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> Hell yeah, dude. It all started when a woman named Patricia Pulling's son died as a result of suicide after shooting himself in the chest, June 9th, 1982. And this prompts her to form bad a.k.a. bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. She had a low charisma score. They don't even have guns in Dungeons and Dragons. That's a ridiculous claim. Well, yeah, she she forms it after all of her lawsuits were dismissed. Yeah. Uh, And she begins publishing information and circulating her belief that D&D caused devil worship and suicide. And most people didn't listen to her, but conservative Christian media seized it and ran with it. So she decided that the next best thing to do was to obtain a private investigator's license and become a consultant to law enforcement. Nope. And she appeared as an expert witness in several gaming-related lawsuits, by the way, all of which lost in court. Chaotic lawful, I see. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, Blaine, not only did she have low charisma, but she rolled a critical one in lawsuits. (laughs) (laughs) But even though those lawsuits were lost, and even though she has no actual credentials, she was getting a lot of publicity, which allows her to become the director of the National Coalition on TV Violence in 1984. So she then decides that she's going to co-author a book. It's called The Devil's Web, Who is Stalking Your Children for Satan? Okay, what? Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. Hold on. There's just like a spider involved in a trench coat and like I don't know what's happening. It's the most are your kids fucking the devil at the mall tonight at 11. <laughs> like that's what it is. We, the book version. We have an exclusive interview with this very sneaky spider. <laughs> hey everybody. That's actually what <laughs> Do you ever get the book fair at your school and then you yes. show up and that's the book you go up with? You're like I want to I want this one. Are our kids getting fucked by the devil in the mall? <laughs> I read enough to have a pizza party. Uh, also, it would have been chaotic good, not or sorry, lawful chaotic. good. Uh, and I, it's I no one was no one was fucking checking. You're good. Yeah, I know. No, but. I hear. You know what? Someone was gonna yeah, fucking check. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, time yeah, that we talked about Vampire yeah. the Masquerade. The tweet is already written. They just didn't send it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I did too. I was like, I want this book. It's called The Devil Fuck Me at the the Mall. And also, I want these three pencil toppers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're going to get into some real, my personal nerd shit, where when I read this, I was, like, violently upset. Because in her book, The Devil's Web, she makes no distinction between H.P. Lovecraft's fictional Necronomicon and the Simon Necronomicon, which is a realization of the fictional book. So, like, she doesn't even understand what she's talking about. And, cool, I'm the only one with the collected works of H.P. Lovecraft on their shelf, apparently. That's fine. It's all good. Listeners, you get me? It's cool. I ain't fuck with no racist-ass writers. Yeah, yeah That's true. That is Not fair. into that. That's fair. Uh, but one portion of her book 
urges police officers to open interrogations of suspected teenage occultists by asking them, have you read the Necronomicon or are you familiar with? I do also want to note that this is at the same time that Evil Dead and Evil oh, Dead 2 are out. I love it. I'm a total deadite. I went to a book signing with Bruce Campbell once. He's great. He is super great. I went to their pop-up museum where you can see like the various boomsticks and the various <gasps> versions of the Necronomicon that they've used. Very cool. I, That's pretty cool. I ate Campbell's soup once. Hey. Alphabet soup. Yeah. <laughs> Only peas. Yeah, I did eat Campbell's soup and it was it did come out from his peas. <laughs> Hurtful. It was a very creamy chowder. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Blaine, thank you so much for coming on the show. He was able to harvest it because he has that extra hand that's not connected. <laughs> um I don't so essentially, we've got the added confusion of her not understanding that H.P. Lovecraft is fictional. Uh, but then also you've got Evil Dead at the time, which also features a Necronomicon, which pulls from the idea of Lovecraft's Necronomicon. And so you've got people that are, <laughs> are like, hey, fellow teen, uh, do you are do, have you heard of the Necronomicon? And if they're like a horror movie kid, they're going to be like, fuck yeah. Dude. And they're just immediately like, so Satan then. <laughs> I just love when adults think that children are up to these absurdly nefarious things that it's just like, why? Like, why do you think this is what your kids are doing? Like, do you remember being a kid at all? What's wrong with We're you? We're just smoking yeah. weed at the park, getting tacos at a jack in the box, man. We're just cutting our hands off so we can put a chainsaw there. No big deal. Yes, Don't even yes, yes. Side note, classic Bruce Campbell can get it. So, Yo, yo, yeah. old Bruce Campbell. Oh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. He could still That's get true. it. Yeah, Accurate. Yeah, Bruce Campbell Handsome. can get it. Jake, can though. Bruce Campbell get it? There you go. I don't know if you guys <laughs> could hear that, but he said even more so now that he's older. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shop smart. Shop S smart. Yes. Uh, now, as the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games increased, her views and statements got even weirder. So one time in an interview, she actually said that 8% of the people living in Richmond, Virginia were Satanists. And when they asked her, like, how did you get that figure? She says that she estimated that 4% of adults and 4% of teenagers were involved in Satanism and then added that together to get 8%. That and doesn't the, answer the question. <laughs> well, but also when the reporter informed her, like, hey, that's still 4% because it's just 4% of different group populations. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, she, that is so funny. <laughs> she responded, it doesn't matter because even 8% is a conservative figure. <laughs> Okay. How about it doesn't matter because it is a completely made up statistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in 1989, a role playing game enthusiast and somebody who had designed games of his own, a man named Michael A. Stackpole, wrote a book <laughs> taking her down. Yes, his name is Stackpole. I know it's a great <laughs> name. Uh, Stackpole was my stripper name in college. <laughs> Whatever you want to like, you know. 
but he wrote a book called Game Hysteria and the Truth, which basically went through all of her books and discredited like line by line everything she had ever said. I I kind of miss this era of time when authors just release diss tracks in the form of a full ass book. Yes. Because so far <laughs> in this series it's happened no less than twice. And it's I happened love it. twice. And it's going to happen next week, too. Oh, oh my yeah. God. And if you're going to, like, shit talk a person who, like, makes full-length fictional campaigns down to the most minute details and not expect them to come back full force, these oh, guys have a lot of time. Oh, that person has time. Yeah. 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 Time and follow-through. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1989, he publishes that book. And then he actually gets suicide statistics for the 14 years since D&D had been released and ends the book by saying that the statistics, actual provable ones that he has pulled from the Centers for Suicide. Uh, so he pulled those statistics from the American Association of Suicidology and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Health and Welfare Canada. So U.S. and Canada for 14 years. And he said that it proved that if gamers do anything, it's that they kill themselves at a slower rate than that of their peers because gaming gives them a community and a support system. Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, he then essentially compiles a lot of his data into something called the polling report, and it criticizes her entire organization, not just the things that she said, but her methods of data collection, her analysis, and all of her reporting, and he claims that she misrepresented her credentials, which she did, but was still advising law enforcement. And he publishes that report in 1990, which means that she just leaves the organization. She's just like, Hell yeah, dude. I have been woefully embarrassed. Excuse me, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she's like that OG type of mom that's like, being a mother makes me qualified. Oh. It's like, no, you still need a degree. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the sad thing. This is somebody who lost a child, which is devastating and incredibly sure. sad. But instead of grieving and processing that loss, she makes a life's work of trying to blame a tabletop game for killing her child. It is yeah. brutal. The, the, the idea that she just cannot accept the reality is so sad. I I think that this is a lot of the energy of the anti-vax movement, too, of just, like, being a parent somehow suffering a loss or something happens, like, your child has a developmental disability that you didn't plan for or didn't think was going to happen, and so you blame vaccines or you blame, you know, something else. And it's just, like, I understand coming from that place but not being able to grasp reality just makes the world a worse place. Yeah, you know, like you're not helping. Misplaced frustrations. Totally. Can I show you guys a, a thing that my therapist showed me on one of our first sessions when I talked about a cult that did something sort of similar to this? All right. Yeah, a shirtless photo of Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said, if you keep, <laughs> if you look at enough Bruce Campbell, you will scientifically feel happier. Um, just the chainsaw so all right just here i've got two things this one's for for page and blaine i've got two things here this first one is a is a lighter it's a okay. lighter this one is a a sharpie all right okay. what do these two things have in common 
plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're both long and cylindrical. Okay. They were both in your pocket earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were in your pocket earlier. Anything else? Uh, most comics have both of them. Most comics do have both of them. Anything else? Uh, they can um, both smell sometimes. It, yeah, that is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can huff them. You can make uh, black marks by burning things or darkening. Okay, great, mm-hmm. great, great. Anything yeah. else? Uh, you could buy both of them at a drugstore. There you go. All right. So that's... They're both in your hands? They are both in my hands, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is a great way to show this. Uh, you can take two any unrelated objects that you grab at complete random, tell somebody to tell you what they have in common, and they will come up with a whole list of things that they have in Whoa. common. Despite having yeah. absolutely... Confirmation bias, baby. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just a thing where like, if you are looking for a reason or an explanation when one is presented to you and you don't understand what it is, your brain will find connections connections when there aren't any do i buy do i pay you or your therapist for that that was <laughs> yeah i feel like that's how we got all of mythology yeah. just like i don't know it's raining someone is pissing on me i don't know dude like god's mad this is a golden shower i don't know what's happening zeus fucked this one it's whatever dude like <laughs> oh my okay God. uh i want to i actually want to try this uh again so uh right here i have my keys uh-huh and then I've got a shirtless photo of Bruce Campbell. Okay. <laughs> what do these have in common? They both unlock oh. things inside of me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they both turn you on. I don't. <laughs> they turn something on. That's for sure. Turn something on. There my we go. Car, there we go. Yeah, I would turn my car on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both hard as fuck, too. Oh, mm. Mm. <laughs> They've both anyway. got an inappropriate amount of hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I do have a tiny alien keychain that does have hands, so. Uh. As subliminal messaging and Dungeons and Dragons paranoia ran rampant without the use of Google to keep that paranoia in check, another more troubling trend took hold. Unlocked memories of satanic abuse. And that is where we will pick up next week with Michelle Remembers. That's the fucking worst, dude. Yep. I'm curious if it's going to be another tale of other Karens like Tipper Gore and whoever anti-D&D lady was. It's way wilder. This is the craziest yeah. one. This is the one when we were originally going to make this like one episode to bridge between Trump and something else. I started reading this one and I was like, oh no, this is a multi-episode. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. Yeah. To go yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the only thing that Tipper Gore story has taught me is that uh, if we really wanted to fix climate control, we should have got his wife on the job. She would have solved this shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking results. What did you make a she movie? Put- <laughs> a movie and you lost Florida. Come on, bro. She'd be putting stickers on everything. <laughs> I've got an inconvenient truth. You still haven't picked up your socks, Al. They're all over the floor. You never wash dishes. Yes, yes, yes. He doesn't wash dishes because it wastes water, Paige. <laughs> well, I gotta say, this is the tippering point for me. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta leave. Blaine, I Blaine, I'm so glad you were able to come on Colt Podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I already ended my recording. About, Sorry, I'm gone. You know, <laughs> we have to talk about Evil Dead and D. Snyder. It's not a complete waste. No, 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 it wasn't a loss at all. No, this is a, this has been such a fun episode. Paige, thank you so much for bringing this You're to welcome. us. You're welcome. this is yeah such a fun series, and weirdly, it's so 
upsetting that the the way that we're kind of cheering ourselves up after just entrenching ourselves in Trump for so long is by talking about the satanic panic. <laughs> yeah, isn't it just like a nice little break, the satanic panic? I love it so much. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, this episode is brought to you by MK Cultra, which is a cult podcast <laughs> spinoff starring myself and Blaine Gibson. Uh, every episode, we both take copious amounts of psychedelics, try to explain another uh, aspect of MK Ultra, and inevitably just end up talking about how, like, we're all really connected, man. Also, Bruce Campbell, dude. Bruce Whoa. fucking Campbell. It's 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 that... half information and half uh, Grateful Dead fan podcast. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm, tune mm-hmm, in wherever mm-hmm. you can find drugs honestly that's where it'll be and keep the fans guessing about who is taller slash bigger <laughs> i was gonna say that amount of drugs explains blaine's facial hair situation right now <laughs> hell yeah dude it's uh it is something to behold again we're in quarantine i'm not going anywhere i'm wearing a mask so i'm gonna look like a civil war veteran or something <laughs> Yeah, you do got the serious chops, dude. It's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, you look like a creative character in Red Dead Redemption 2. It looked like I hit randomize in Dark Souls and then I scared my little sister out of the room or something. <laughs> you look like you haven't paid taxes since Obama was in office. <laughs> oh, no. You look like you share a set of teeth with family members. <laughs> Uh, you look like you share a lot of things with family members, if I'm being honest. Oh, no. <laughs> please don't. Can I please. go now? <laughs> I know. Please, please don't I hate you, roast Blaine. We love it. We love it. We love it. Also, send us a picture of your stash so we can post it on the social media. Oh, my God. Okay. No, our episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. Uh, this episode in particular is brought to you in part by Shenanigan. Uh, I'd like to go only one by shenanigan as <laughs> just singular. Yeah. Singular shenanigan. shenanigan. Just one shenanigan. I'm up to one shenanigan a day. It's been good for me. <laughs> uh, as always, your content is amazing and I'm always looking forward to the next episode. Take care. Heart emoji. Oh, thank you. Yeah. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash cold podcast. Check out all of our tiers and rewards there. Uh, Blaine, where can the people find you? Uh, the people can find me at Rooster Teeth. Uh, we stream a lot at RTTV, and I'm also on a podcast called Good Morning from Hell. Uh, I think I talked about it last time, in the time before that. But um, it's hell-related, and that's why I'm here, talking <laughs> about Satan stuff. Yeah, not because we love you, yeah. and you're a good friend. No, it's just because of the... It's just yeah, it's of, just a work thing. Let's just keep it yeah. at that. Business, business, I had, business. I had to get them to forward a check to you at the beginning of the uh, episode. So <laughs> We did have to. Like we did have to pause the episode. Peek behind the curtain. We did have to pause the episode because Rooster Teeth sent us a, an amount of money that I wasn't expecting, and I was. I told. I was like, "It's giving me anxiety. I need to know what it's for. Am I supposed to take something somewhere? What do they want from us?" Um, I was just to texting them the under bag. the table. These guys keep talking about how small my muscles are. Send them money to distract. <laughs> I'm telling I still have not seen a size comparison next to a soda bottle, so I don't know what to believe about how big anything is. There was uh there was a note on the check that just said, please stop making loud noises when you announce our company name. Um speaking of which, (laughs) if you're looking for a new place to listen to our podcast, might I suggest Rooster Teeth?
I took off my headphones for that. <laughs> the people That's, that love was a good it. choice. Yeah, that was very smart. Um, it, roosterteeth.com has a bunch of really great content on it, like Good Morning from Hell and uh, a bunch of other stuff, too. I watched Red versus Blue since I was a kid. Uh, I hope that makes both of you feel old. Um, but there's also a bunch of other really cool stuff like our friends, uh, black box down and red web. It's, there's just so much stuff. Go over there, check it out, get the official app. You can also get the app on a bunch of devices like your Roku, your Amazon fire stick, your Xbox, just like a ton of stuff. Eventually they'll be able to get it on like your household appliances, like your sink, uh, your laser discs, your laser microwave, discs. your sexy dishwasher, your sexy dishwasher <laughs> who washes dishes and talks about planes crashing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's roosterteeth.com. Actually, <laughs> or yeah, you yeah, can yeah, really like to fly, so like that is pretty accurate to my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. Hey guys, uh, if you want to find me, Go to my Instagram at Andrea Gazetta or at Sundress Comic on other things uh, or at Andrea Gazetta Yay on TikTok and to hang out, send me stuff. Also, I have art at Arch Enemy Arts in Philadelphia right now. So you can go there if you live in Philly or look it up online. Sick. If you have ever cosplayed as Bruce Campbell, send me pictures of that shit. You can send that to me <laughs> at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram or TikTok. There you or go. tag me because I, I need to see Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. If you yes, if yeah, we yeah, get yeah, enough, yeah. we'll make like a little we'll post them on uh, on the social media. Like you could scroll through them, uh, which now I want to. So I'm going to probably if enough people do it, I'll also cosplay as Bruce Campbell. Um, if you want to see. I feel like we should all come to the next call dressed as Bruce Campbell. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to chop off For my sure. fucking hand. If you want to... <laughs> yes. oh, I know no. how big chainsaws are, so that'll give me a sense of how large Blaine actually is. <laughs> if you want to find our show, you can do so on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email featuring all of the stuff we've asked for at ColtPodcastShow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a chainsaw so we can replace our hands with it, yes. you could send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, the Shining, Los Angeles, <laughs> California, 90065. Can you please send me a petite women's chainsaw? Thank you. <laughs> pink, the, please. the same as men's chainsaws. They're just pink and more expensive. <laughs> Mm. exactly duh that's what i need i have surprisingly large hands for a small woman uh so give me a regular chainsaw please i have surprisingly large hands for a human so just give me like <laughs> a chainsaw meant for a bear thank you <laughs> give me a bear wait <laughs> and a pet bear would be so cute <laughs> i think for this one i'm going to say don't drink anything that comes out of Bruce Campbell in an Evil Dead movie. <laughs> mm. yeah, or in general. Or in Good, general. Yeah, ever. Anything that bleeds from the wall or like comes out of a portal to another dimension or a time in history. Uh, just don't drink it. Uh, and definitely don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. 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 <laughs>